At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Tour Radio, episode 430, coming to you on Monday, January 3rd, 2022. It is the first episode of Random Tour Radio in the new year. Plenty of new news to talk about as the Trojans continue the starts of the Lincoln Riley era. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, wherever you can find a podcast. We are there. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansetter.com. And our phone number is 213-373-1USC. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host... Here, out of the COVID protocol, and in the Random Story studio in Los Angeles, Alicia D'Artola. Hello, everybody. Hello. We are back and healthy and ready to go. It's a uh, new year. Yeah, it is a new year, new beginnings, a lot of new things, including RandomTory.com is back up and running. Yeah, we welcomed Evan Desai as the uh, as the new leader of RandomTory.com. He's going to be running the site for Fansighted uh, going forward, and that is really, really awesome. Uh, he has this past year run um, Halo Hangouts, which is Fansighted's uh, Angels site. So if you're an Angels fan, check that out. And uh, he used to run Clipperholics, which is the Clippers Fansighted site, but he'll be stepping away from that to go ahead and take over at RandomTroy.com. So we're extremely happy to have uh, Evan join the join the team uh, he was a listener. Uh, we we met him as a listener, and uh, and sort of developed the relationship. He got jo- hired at fansided dot com, and now we're seeing him rise to uh, to run Reign of Troy. So it's it's really yeah. really cool. It's awesome, and and now we can finally go back to Reign of Troy dot com uh, and have content and have there. new content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt bad because the site has been so you know devoid of new content for the, for the longest time, in part because. You've taken on a new day job. I've always had a, 
other day job doing other things for fansided. So uh, hopefully this is what is the big shot in the arm for the old rot. Yeah, Evan's going to do a hell of a job uh, with it, and it's an exciting time. I mean, this whole uh, this whole fall with the site dormant, uh, there was a lot of thought on my part about how, like, man, if we could just find somebody to to really jump on board and and run this ship, there's so much excitement happening with Lincoln Riley. Like, I think people, USC fans are going to be coming back into the fold, wanting to read about USC, wanting to talk yep. about the Trojans. We're already seeing that with the podcast. So yeah, we're really excited to have Evan, and uh, yeah, we'll get him on the podcast some point in the in the near future, and uh, introduce him officially to everybody. Uh, he's been on the pod before in a couple uh, guest appearances, but uh, yeah, yeah. So go and re re bookmark renoftroy.com yeah. <laughs> uh, over uh, on on our website. So um, good news there. Uh, it is the new year. A lot of new things going on in general. Well, you got a you got a New Year's resolution? What do you got? My New Year's resolution is to um, the classic, the old classic, just exercise. Uh, I was talking to my mom uh, on uh, on Sunday about how I really need. She's committing to to walking a mile a day, and I'm like, I really need to do something like that. Walk or run a mile a day. Um, I have very much gotten out of that uh, out of that habit, and I need to rebuild it. So my yeah, my resolution is just to. Classic exercise more. There you go. Uh, for, for me, I just want to buy into life again. Uh, I feel like the the last two years with COVID or whatnot, the, the, the COVID years have really taken a lot out of, you know, enthusiasm for, for life in general, right? And I, this year, hope we have to be turning the corner and getting better on the whole COVID situation, right? Yes, I am, I'm knocking on wood uh, in... in- in my imagination, I, so as not to ruin I the say audio, this but yes. as the, the NHL cancels games and all I'm this stuff, saying. right? So, no, we, but, say, we say this as we just booked our honeymoon that was not the honeymoon we had planned because we don't want to have to deal with the potential COVID complications. Yes, all these things, <laughs> yes. No, but, but for real, like, I am excited about talking about USC football, for instance, yeah. because the, the Lincoln-Riley era is here. I think people are rebuying in. Um and not that SC's problems were COVID-related, but certainly it didn't help, right? The, the last couple of years have just been a downer just in general, apart from SC football not being a, a hot-button issue um, but in, in, a, in a positive way that people wanted to talk about. We turned to sports to escape from sure, the downer yeah. things in life, and USC ceased to be an escape for a lot of people. Right. So. Like, it'll be nice to have this to fall back on feeling positive and enthusiastic about USC again. It does matter, like, in terms of yeah. that's what people are looking for, to have that escape. And USC has not been an escape because it's been so dire. Yeah, and so 2022, I think it's going to be the year that people, at least I hope, that I am reinvigorated with life. Mm-hmm. That's Tw- not depressing, retroactively. Mm-hmm. No, no, because it's a reflection of what the world has been for the last two years. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and yeah, we hope that we take the next big step forward here at Radio, of course, in 2022, with you guys back fully on board and excited to talk about USC football as we go into broad new horizons under Lincoln Riley and all of that. Um, as always, you can listen to us on iTunes and give us your reviews. 
leave a review. We'll read it on air. Uh, we haven't had a new one in a while, so go let us know what you are thinking about us over on the Apple uh, Podcast Reviews, and we will read it on the air. Five stars helps us out, as always, and so go do that, and we'll be your best friend forever. Uh, Alicia, we got some news to talk about, so let's get into that next. All right, Alicia, let's get into the news. The big one coming on Monday, not purely news yet, but it's news that feels like it could be news soon to the point that we got to discuss it. Caleb Williams. Oklahoma's Heisman Trophy candidate to be at quarterback, fresh off a big win over the Oregon Ducks in the Alamo Bowl, is headed into the transfer portal. He has said before that he wants to, uh, he would go anywhere for Lincoln Riley, while Lincoln Riley is currently at USC. What does this mean? The true freshman in 2021 uh, would have three years of eligibility. Uh, being a true sophomore in 2022, he completed 64.5% of his passes for 1,912 yards, 21 touchdowns, and four interceptions in a, in a shortened year, a year in which he won the job midway through, uh, about a third of the way through the season, taking it away from Spencer Radler over at OU. Also had 79 rushes, 435 rushing yards, and six TDs as a true dual threat for the Sooners in 2021. Yeah, big, big, big time recruit in the class of 2021 and a huge, huge, huge recruit in the transfer portal. Uh, USC is an obvious destination. Um, it, when he announced his transfer, he specifically talked about wanting to um, figure out what would be best for his professional development going forward. And we know that he picked Oklahoma because he wanted to play for Lincoln Riley. He wanted to uh, learn under Lincoln Riley and be the the next uh, NFL quarterback that Lincoln Riley produced. Lincoln Riley has a, a stellar rep record in terms of putting quarterbacks into the NFL, maximizing their potential. And so I think it's pretty obvious that a lot of people think that Caleb Williams will ultimately end up at USC. There's also talk about Georgia. Um, Texas A&M is also a really interesting uh, program to watch here. I think Pretty much everyone in the country, bar Alabama, would look at Caleb Williams and say he's somebody that we want. I mean, I guess maybe not Texas because they got Quinn Ewers coming in, but like there are very, very few schools out there who won't have their eye on, do we have a shot with Caleb Williams? Yeah. Uh, so USC, I, and, I think... For Alabama, it's because they got Bryce Young. Because they have Bryce Young for another year, yeah. Um. So I don't know that USC can can count their chickens before they hatch on this one. But certainly you've got to feel very good um, about Caleb Williams considering talking to and, and deciding what he's going to do with all the information possible from USC and from Lincoln Riley. So I think USC has to feel pretty good. But this is a there are going to be a lot of things that go into this decision. And if Caleb Williams wants to win right away, there are better destinations than USC. Um, if Caleb Williams wants massive, massive NIL possibilities i think there are better situations than usc but the argument for usc is very much there is not a better coach in college football right now with a better track record for putting quarterbacks in the nfl than lincoln riley and that's the edge that usc is going to have here so we'll see how this all plays out 
What school would have better NIL stuff? Uh, somewhere in the SEC. You think just because of the the fervor that the SEC has? Yeah, I just think that you look at the the deals that like Bryce Young has put together. Um, could sure. USC during the height of the Pete Carroll era have gotten that kind of deal? Sure, maybe thousand percent. But yes. uh, but I think right now at this exact moment, I don't know that USC will command the same level of NIL attention. Uh, just straight out the gate that something like Georgia could put together or that somewhere like, um, you know, LSU or Texas A&M even where there's a different kind of fervor in those regions. Uh, I'm not try- trying to say that he couldn't I, get big I NIL. like in general, but. But no, I mean, I don't know that they're so far. Ahead. I don't. So here's my thing. I think that if Caleb Williams is looking at what kind of NIL deal could he get in 2022? I think that he could probably get more straight out the gate from somewhere like Georgia than at USC. But if he wants to like maximize NIL stuff, if he's at USC in 2023 and he's a Heisman candidate at USC in in, in the heart of Los Angeles, like I think that that and and that's the other thing that I've seen is like okay, you can make your NIL deal play and maybe you get more straight up um if you go to somewhere in the SEC where there's just more fervor. I don't know that USC is going to be so far behind that it cancels out. And also, you're going to make m- more money in the NFL anyway. So think, Counter- sh- think long term. Counterpoint. This is, is there, has there been a better time where USC boosters mm. and you, people interested in USC for financial reasons would have more of an interest in to spending step up? money? No, absolutely. It's just that we don't have that uh, like example at this exact moment. And so, no, I, I think that there would definitely be a possibility of somebody stepping up and, and making sure that those NIL, that there's a competitive NIL offer on the table. Yeah, I uh, I, th- I think that now's the time for people related to SC or around the program or just in the LA area to look at this as an opportunity yeah. to sort of invest that way. Um, I absolutely could, could see that happening, but... For me, I think the biggest point you mentioned is winning and winning now versus development. If it's about development, then yeah, his connection to Lincoln Riley is going to matter big time. If it's about winning a national championship, that's a tough one because I don't think Caleb Williams or Jackson Dart, guys that are the same age, probably not the guys to lead USC to a national championship. I think they could win a Heisman at USC under, under Lincoln Riley and all that stuff, but are they going to be the ones to win SC National Championship, given the timeline that a rebuild would take? No, I don't think so. They're the Carson Palmer to uh, to Matt Leiner in, in that. Sure, in, in that sense, right? Like, yes. And so, if it's about winning a national championship, yeah, you're right. I think go to Georgia, go to Texas A&M, uh, explore those options. You know what? what I would say is, if I were Caleb Williams, and truly my number one focus was on development, but the thought of winning a national title truly did matter to me, then I'd transfer to Alabama and accept that I'm sitting behind Bryce Young for a year. Will he do that? I don't, I don't know if he would ever do that. I Counterpoint. Don't... If, that w- if that was something you were truly considering, why wouldn't you stay at OU first? Well, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, at that point, why not just bide your time at OU and then... Mind and you, then, and then he's just in the portal. The it's year. not like he's... Just because you're in the portal doesn't mean that you have to leave him. Well, and he said specifically that he's in the portal so he can talk to people. He can't talk to people unless he's in the portal. Yeah. 
My point is simply that if if your number one goal is to win a national title, you should just go to Alabama then. Like, because realistically, and I say this every year, give, you know, Alabama or the field, I'm taking Alabama. So, sure, yeah. you know, that, I mean, you can talk yourself into a lot of other places, but. Yeah, but you're talking about developments, then Lincoln Riley has has the arc. Well, in terms of like. Time. But in terms, like, so for instance, it, you could go to Georgia and, and, and win a national title there, but like Georgia does not have a track record of putting quarterbacks in the NFL. No. Alabama does. Alabama is doing a pretty decent job with, you know, Alabama can point to Mac right. Jones and, and Jalen Hurts to a point um, and, and all of that and just say, look, we're, we're putting guys in the NFL. And yes, I think they can, they can make that claim. But at the same, like, again, it's, it's hard to talk yourself out of USC the, the because. Jalen Hurts argument? Probably. Better off for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it works for Lincoln <laughs> Riley. Um, by, by the way, um, one of the things I found very interesting about all this, obviously SC the favorite because of the Lincoln Riley ties, because of all that, all the speculation immediately that could Caleb Williams follow him and all that stuff. If he comes to SC, a couple of things here. The ripple he's, effect is huge. He, he's coming to start. Yes. He is not coming to compete. And I think no. that that's going to be a very interesting thing because... If you're Lincoln Riley, are you going to be comfortable with saying, okay, you're coming and you've got the keys straight away? Not that you're against that idea, but it kind of goes against, you know, the whole Pete Carroll mantra of like, you know, battling out and all those kind of things. But any school that takes in Caleb Williams is going to have to basically hand him the starting job straight up, right? Like, that's just the nature of the beast at this point. And even if, okay, let, let's say that Caleb Williams, uh, does he need to be, if he's coming to USC, like, I get it if he's coming to, like, Georgia and maybe Stetson Bennett returns and then you're like, wait, no, I'm sitting behind Stetson Bennett? Like, nah. Uh, but if you're coming to USC, I know that Jackson Darden is an exciting talent, but if you are coming to play with the coach that already had you as the starter at his previous program, like, I don't even know that you need a guarantee that you're going to start. I think you walk in and assume that you are the starter day one sure. and, and they can crow about competition all they want. But the reality is you are the starter. It's kind of the same way that like JT Daniels walked into USC and it was like, yeah, they have to have competition, all that. But like we all knew from the get go, right. like he's probably the starter. So. Right. But then it puts the onus on what happens to Jackson Dart, right? Like. Then it starts this whole ripple effect, like you're talking about. So, I don't know. It would be it would be fascinating. It, it, this is a good problem to have for USC, right? Um, if you go out and, and get Caleb Williams, the other thing that I find utterly amazing is you know we've talked about it before. Oklahoma fans not happy about any of this. Oh, the, very upset. That, they're that they're handling this with all the maturity and grace that you could imagine, though. And now is, I think everyone had their their hopes after the Alamo Bowl. He, he uh, Caleb Williams stuck around, and he was incredible in that game against Oregon. And I think if you're an OU fan, you talk yourself into. Well, he's definitely coming back. Well, Got Venables. See, Jeff Levy. Uh, Lincoln Riley was the problem. All, the, all oh. those things that people are convincing themselves of, right? And that here we go. Caleb Williams now announces that he's going to the transfer portal. To me, the it's the massive irony here of no school has benefited from the transfer portal more than Oklahoma. Yes, literally. literally no school. Their best quarterbacks of the last decade have all been transfers. Baker Mayfield was a transfer from Texas Tech. 
Kyler Murray, a transfer from Texas A&M. Jalen Hurts, a transfer from Alabama. Collectively, four Heisman finalists right there. Yes. All from transfers. Like, this is what the game is. If anything, Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma established what the game is. This is just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the reality. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to be all high and mighty because USC fans are completely irrational about their own things and react insane to to a lot of other things. But the response of Oklahoma fans has um, uh, not exactly been the most level-headed that you would see, but I think sports sure. fans aren't aren't exactly no, level-headed. No, sports fans are, but, are never going to be level-headed. I will say, sure. what did I say to you on the, the was it New Year's Eve? That the, no, no, it was, it was uh, the Alamo Bowl was on the 29th or the 30th? Whatever day it was, what did I say to you? We'll find out about Caleb Williams tonight. If he says he's staying, then he's staying. If he does not announce that he's coming back, he's not coming back to Oklahoma. And the night came and went without Caleb Williams saying a word about whether or not he'd come back to Oklahoma. You, everyone should have seen the transfer portal coming. It was very obvious. Yeah. If he was going to come back, he was going to announce it there and then. Yeah. And now let's talk about USC hitting the transfer portal uh, in terms of coaches. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, sorry. Breaking news. Guess who is going to Oklahoma? This is a tweet from Bruce Feldman. Former UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel, who was expected to begin classes at UCLA today, announces he's heading to Oklahoma instead. Huh. <laughs> so Which, that's funny. I, I was the Dylan Gabriel to the UCLA thing never made any it sense. It didn't make to a lot me. of sense at all, yeah. Like by all accounts, DTR's coming back, right? Yeah. Like he hasn't said anything that he's going anywhere. Yeah. So what are you doing going to UCLA? But also, so, UCLA starting classes today. That just feels in the quarter system. I know, but it just feels super early. I know, it's, I know it's not early, but uh, yeah. But either way, okay. So that tells you everything you need to know about whether or not Oklahoma believes that Caleb Williams coming back to Oklahoma. Sure. So um, just just to tie up some of the reporting on this, um, there have been two different reports from uh, from twenty four seven Sports people. Um, Brock Meyer, Rocker Meyer, sorry. Um, I'm trying to find his first name, Blake Brockermeyer, who's a national college football analyst for 24 seven sports says that he's hearing from multiple sources that Georgia is the top landing spot unless they get outbid for, um, for Caleb Williams. Uh, at the same time, another 24 seven sports guy, um, just give it a second to load. Cause I don't want to get his name wrong. Rusty Manzel, who is a recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports and Dogs 247, which is the UGA site, uh, he says, not hearing much traction at all with UGA and Caleb Williams. Early buzz I continue to hear is at USC. This will go a million directions in the next 24 hours, but I've heard nothing to say he ends up at Georgia. So that's where we stand uh, in the hours after Caleb Williams um, announced his transfer portal. When you see the, the letters UGA, UGA. Yeah. What do you think UGA stands for? University of Georgia at Athens. You think the A stands for Athens? I have no idea. Sure. <laughs> I love how ambiguous it is. It definitely does not. What does it stand for? Agriculture? Georgia. Just G-A. G-A? Georgia. Yeah. University of Georgia. U-G-A. 
It's the same thing with UVA for Virginia. Virginia. And that's in Charlottesville, so it's not UVC. See, but I always assumed it was like UTSA or... No, because Athens is the University of Georgia. It's in Athens. Yeah, that's like... it's The only people who say Cal Berkeley are people who are not from Cal Berkeley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Berkeley just calls itself Cal or Berkeley. Like, they're not calling themselves anything else. Okay, so it's UGA. Yeah, it's UGA. G-A. Okay. It's not U-G-A. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. weirdly ambiguous that it could. Yeah. Oh, Anyways, okay. looking up stats, <laughs> Caleb Williams, 435 rushing yards, 60 days, 79 carries in, you know, not a full season. Who do you think was the last USC quarterback to rush for 435 yards at least? I don't think it was Darnold because I don't think he actually had a lot of yards. Um, hmm. if it's not, if it's somebody more recently than Rodney Pete, then I'm going to guess Mark Sanchez. Alicia, technically on a very, on a technicality, I guess you could argue it's either nobody or it's John Arnett. So it's John Arnett. So back in the fifties, Essie ran an offense that where it was sort of like a wildcat thing, right? Where famously Gifford, Frank Gifford, who was before John Arnett, did this more so, where he would throw the ball more than John Arnett would, um, to the point where you could watch that team and think that Frank Gifford was the quarterback, and he ran for like 800 yards. But that's not, it wasn't really the quarterback, because there, there was still another guy that led the team in passing. So he wasn't really the quarterback. The truth of the matter is, no modern actual semblance of what we think of as a quarterback at USC is, I looked up year by year. Well, Could not find anything more than 290 yards by Pete Beathard. Yeah, Darnold had 250. Yes. And a bunch of guys had 240, 250, 260. Guys like Pat Hayden, um, Vince Evans, Jimmy Jones, all had like 250. Oh, yeah, Sanchez had Mark, very little. <laughs> Mike Ray had like 250. The one that had 290 was Pete Beathard. Did it okay. twice, back-to-back years, exactly well, 290. See, and this is what's going to be very exciting about USC's quarterback situation, because either way, um, I think Jackson Dart is capable of having that kind of rushing success at USC. Quote, you know, put the, the asterisk there if he can stay healthy, and that's my biggest concern about Jackson Dart at this point. Oh, my hot take. So you really want Caleb Williams, but like, if you don't get Caleb Williams, I feel like Dart... Can run this offense. I don't and think. Have... I don't think Dart's running that much. Not as much as Caleb Williams. No. No, but I think Dart ends up having a career similar to Carson Palmer or Kessler or Sanchez, where they were kind of mobile, D- but not Darnold's. Where you're like, you talk yourself into them being mobile and then being fleet of foot, and then the older they get, the more responsibilities they get in the passing game. Yeah. The less that goes that goes away. Caleb Mind a- you, that is always SC's old mindset. Uh, Lincoln Riley has a different. Will welcome his quarterback the, to uh, run. Of it. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I think that Caleb Williams is, and and that's the question that a lot of people will have. Like, do you bring in Caleb Williams at the risk of of having Jackson Dart leave? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Jackson Dart is very exciting. Caleb Williams is on another level. Yeah, for sure. It's it's the price to pay for 100%. Uh, talk about the coaching changes that SC has 
even more of them. We thought we were done talking about this. <laughs> no. Uh, Deshard Choice ended up not being the right choice for USC. He goes to Texas, leaves Texas, pulls a Bo Davis, uh, and signs at USC, and then ultimately leaves immediately. Um, and Jamar Kane has done the same thing. Uh, he was going to be the defensive line coach. Uh, he was someone that we talked about had bounced around. He had not been one of those OU guys that had been through and through an OU guy uh, with Lincoln Riley or had, you know, Mike Leach connections. Didn't have that. And he's ultimately jumping ship and going to LSU to be the defensive line coach and run game coordinator. So what does it mean? It means SC is still in the hunt for a defensive line coach. And they are reportedly... Uh, finishing up on hiring former Utah running backs coach Keel McDonald as a replacement for Desard Choice. McDonald has already announced after the Rose Bowl that he is leaving uh, Utah. He thanked everyone there. So it seems like we're just waiting some sort of a formal announcement. His Twitter bio says that he's coaching at the Boulevard. We know that the Boulevard is USC's NIL program. So everything points to McDonald's. And I like it. I, I like what he has done with Utah running backs. He's a good recruiter. Um, Utah fans are sad to see him go. And uh, we've seen the results that he's had. Utah running backs are always well-coached, reliable. So um, seems like a really, really good hire. It weakens a, a, a in-conference in-division rival. So I'm mean, definitely here for that. And uh, yeah, I, I'm. I think you have to be completely on board. Now it's just a question of okay, make sure this one sticks. Yes. But uh, but it sounds like they're gonna announce the staff all together. So, are are you worried about you know SC gets to start choice loses him gets Jamar Kane loses him? Are you worried about that kind of stuff? Um. Okay. The the fact because surely you could look into it and be like, well, Lincoln Riley doesn't have his stuff together. I mean, to a point, you, you don't. I think the optics are bad, but also, I think that when you get so tunnel vision around USC, you don't notice what's going on everywhere else in the country. And everywhere else in the country, random crap is happening all the time. Like the carousel is just crazy. The carousel is madness. And you know, US Clay Helton did this to Memphis, like, or was it Memphis or you know somewhere he, like uh, Arkansas State? Yeah, Arkansas State. Like this, yeah. this, this has happened many, many times, and it will continue to happen. And just unfortunate it happens to USC twice. Um, I think part of one thing that I wondered, and I don't have any information to back this up. I don't have any inside information on this. But like part of me wondered, is USC waiting to announce the staff as a whole because they're trying to like maximize the money combination of titles, all of that kind of stuff. Like you don't want to give away a title to somebody and then turn out that you can get somebody else with that title. But now the titles are like all of those things are coming into play salaries and bonuses and all of the complications that you have with putting together a, a staff. Maybe USC wants to hold off until they have the full staff together so that then they can have everything in place and know exactly who's going to do what job and who's going to have what title and all that kind of stuff. And I think maybe one of the byproducts of that, which I think is a sound idea in my head, at least one of the byproducts of that is maybe you open the door for to shard choice to look around and think, you know what, Texas is offering me more money, so I'm going to go to Texas. And you open the door for Jamar Kane to get take a call from LSU, and they offer him the run game coordinator job, which is a title that's going to get him more money. And so, did that happen? I don't know. Maybe, 
but uh, it's it's a reality of the of the, the the way you go about it. The one thing I know is that I'm pretty confident in the way that USC is currently being managed, so I'm not gonna second guess it. Yeah, we we talked about it before. Um, for now, you give Lincoln Riley the benefit of the doubt. Um, these things are not necessarily the best look, certainly, but you give him the benefit of the doubt until everything um, shores up. We talked about the offensive line coach, you know, last month, and it looked like it was going to be the guy from Houston. And they end up going to get Henson from A and M. Um, Hanson, Hanson, Henson. There's a Henson and a Hanson. Henson E. Yeah, yeah. Henson E. Uh, from Texas A and M, and he, by all accounts, you could argue better than Bill Bedenboe. So like yeah. they've they've pulled one out of the hat, right? So like this is an opportunity for SC to still go out there, and there's a guy available, formerly from Oregon, Joe Salavea. He's already announced he's leaving Oregon. Mm-hmm. We all assume he's going to Miami, but now's your time for SC. I mean, throw, make, throw some money that way. Make that call. Make the call. Find yeah. find the guy. That's uh. It, it also it does. I think one of the things that the one of the reasons that this happens is there's such an emphasis on getting deals done quickly because of recruiting, and then on top of this, there is so much information out of there because there are so many different media outlets. And so I think things get, there was a rush to report things and things get reported. And I'm not saying that this is bad journalism. I think it's more so those things that we just know too much now, right? Um, we, we know too much now. We know literally everything where these things have probably happened for years. You just didn't hear about it as much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and things didn't progress as quickly, like you said. There's now an urgency because of the early signing period. There's urgency right. because of transfer portal. There's- and Kane was still in Oklahoma. Yeah. Throughout the bowl prep. So, like, yeah. he could have changed his mind before, and then there just wasn't a report on it, and then it ends up looking weird. Yeah. Look like it was weird. I don't know. I don't know. One of those wild situations. Uh, we'll see what SC can do and uh, on on the defensive line. They need somebody. Vic Soto is going to Colorado. Uh, we know that. Um, so, we'll see what happens. Um, but let's talk about USC's roster and where things line up currently, uh, and then get into the mailbag after that. All right, Alicia, let's talk about USC's roster for 2022. Uh, just recap some transfer portal stuff. Uh, currently still in the portal, Keenan Christen, Liam Douglas, Parker Lewis, Raymond Scott, Chase Williams, Juliano Falanico, and... New, newly expected into the portal is uh, wide receiver J- Joseph Manjack. Uh, look for him uh, to, to join the group there as well. Uh, committed to transfer from the transfer portal is Keaton Slovis going to Pitt, Hunter Eccles going to Arizona, and Jacob Lichtenstein going to Miami. Uh, any thoughts on the transfer portal now? No, I think... Uh... I think everybody in the transfer portal right now makes a lot of sense. I think we could still see more guys enter the transfer portal. Uh, and a lot of these guys, I just, I wish them well in their, in their endeavors. Like I want to see Keaton Slovis do well at Pitt. I'd really like to see Hunter Eccles do well at Arizona. Like I, I think those guys could have, uh, Lichtenstein could have a good career at Miami. I am so confused about what's going on in Arizona. Are they good? Like Jed, I, so it feels like I that staff Jed is Fish built momentum. Was a terrible, horrible, horrific hire. Yeah, and then at media day, he he kind of talked his way into making me a believer. 
Um, I don't think they had a good season. Obviously, they went what one and eleven or whatever. But um, they certainly played with heart. Uh, vaguely reminds me of those early uh, McIntyre Colorado teams. Yeah, where like they were they were bad, but they like they were close. They they weren't a pushover. Yeah, right. Kind of so, like the Lions this year in the NFL, where it's like this is a bad football team, but they're playing with heart and fire, and you just gotta nod and respect that. And then all of a sudden, Jed Fish starts recruiting out of nowhere. Yeah, where, where they got uh, T Mac, the receiver out of, uh, out of Orange t- County. Yeah. So like. They're getting guys, and Hunter Eccles is. I think that's a good fit for him. See what yeah. he can do over there. Um, yeah, and then Lichtenstein makes 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 sense. Anyways, he was always from what, Fort Lauderdale, I think. Yeah, from so, Florida. So um, that always makes sense. Um, so those are the losses currently in the transfer portal. Uh, but there's three new ones of declar- NFL declarations. We already knew about Drake London, Greg Johnson, and Jalen McKenzie. But new additions since we've last talked. Uh, Drake Jackson, Isaac Taylor Stewart, and Chris Steele. Uh, None of those overly surprising. Drake Jackson had basically announced it in the summer last year. Mm -hmm. So we always knew that one was sort of coming. Uh, Chris Steele, I don't think it's a surprise. He always felt like he'd be a three-and-done guy from the moment he got on USC's campus as a five-star a couple of years ago. And ITS, I think you can talk yourself into either way, but at this point, why not for him? Yeah, he. I mean, he he finished. I he. I just saw him tweeting that he uh, he got his degree, so good for him. And uh, he's going to go on and, and see what the next phase of his life looks like. Uh, hopefully, in the NFL. So, yeah, I think Drake Jackson's gonna gonna be a high draft pick just on on promise um, potential. Where do you feel about Drake Jackson in his career at USA? Um, very meh. I think, I think he was very exciting to start with. I think with it's and, thoroughly disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think I I have a I have trouble saying that that's his fault. I I, I don't want to like blame him for that. I think I think it, certainly he, was he wasn't in, always in the best position. Yeah. Um, and he was he, like the reverse Rasheem Green. In what sense? He was like really exciting as a freshman, and then he just got more boring. Well, I always thought Everson Griffin was like that. Maybe Everson Griffin had a hell of a freshman season, and then. You kept waiting for him to get better and better, and he didn't. And it, I just feel like he just got lost a lot this season. And yeah, I'm not going like, to put I, that on him because the defense as a whole was really crappy. So, like, right. I don't know. And, and it was a, a system that kind of played him out of position a, a little yeah. bit. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's I thought Drake Jackson was coming to USC to be a dynamic player. and We didn't get to see enough of it, for sure. Guys coming back. We already talked about the offensive linemen. Uh, Nilan Voorhees Didich uh, and Nick Figueroa coming back. Uh, incoming transfers, USC has two new ones, three total. Uh, we knew about Earl Burkett coming from TCU, but the other ones, offensive lineman Bobby Haskins out of Virginia, 20 career starts at left tackle, seven this past year. He was an all-ACC honorable mention in 2021. Uh, and Terrell Bynum, the wide receiver out of St. John Bosco from the 2017 class who went to Washington, another all Pac-12 honorable mention in 2021. Uh, four TDs, 436 receiving yards in just eight games this year. Last two years combined, only played 11 games. So he's someone who hasn't always been on the field, but um, was a four-star coming out of Bosco. 
And when you consider Washington's passing offense, those 11 games might as well have been six. So, Sure. Just saying. He, he, uh, he kind of fits the role of what Katie Nixon was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Katie Nixon probably had a little bit more fanfare, a little bit more of a household name. At the same point, talk about, we, we want to say that Drake Jackson's career was disappointing because we never got to see him reach the level we thought he would get to. Mm-hmm. The Katie Nixon transfer... Thoroughly disappointing. Yeah, no, no. because I thought we, I thought he would be someone who could catch 50, 60 passes, and didn't at USC. So we'll see if Terrell Bynum can can improve on that. Yeah, but the big one here, I think, is Bobby Haskins. He's a plug and play left tackle, and Virginia's offensive line. Virginia had a, a not great season this year, but Virginia's offensive line was outstanding um, in terms of the of the players. So. Yeah, you get a, a plug-and-play offensive lineman, good reputation, good track record. That one's big. All right, so what does this mean for USC? We've put together a two-deep. I put together this two-deep without you, Alicia, so I mm-hmm. wanted to get your thoughts. I took Oklahoma's positions that they use in their two-deep, so their format, and then I looked at USC's depth chart from the BYU game. So the game before the Cal, the second to last game, we know that the Cal game had a million guys not playing for whatever reason. And I took those position groups and kind of merged them into what we know Oklahoma likes to do. Um, this is what I got for the offense at quarterback. And this, as it stands right now. So at quarterback, Jackson Dart, followed by Miller Moss at running back. Keontae Ingram, still have not heard anything about him coming back or, or leaving, followed by Darwin Barlow. H-back, Lake McCree and Jude Wolf. The X receiver, Gary Bryant Jr. and Kyle Ford. Left tackle, Bobby Haskins. Left guard, Andrew Voorhees. Center, Brett Nealon. Right guard, Justin Dietrich. And right tackle, uh, Cortland Ford and Jonah Monheim. The Y receiver, Michael Trigg and Malcolm Epps. And the Z receiver, Taj Washington, Terrell Bynum, and Michael Jackson III. Yeah, I have no complaints about that general gist of a lineup. Um, It's going to be hard to say exactly where the wide receivers are going to fit because they're going to be new coaches, inside and outside guys. We'll see how they shuffle this group. Um, that the the tight end sort of inside tight end H Y whatever you call it. Well, OU likes to compress all those guys and call them the H backs. Yeah, SC last year did not do that. Yeah, so we'll see how that all shakes out. But um, the offensive line I think is pretty straightforward, and it didn't look like it was going to be very straightforward at first, but now it looks pretty straightforward. And uh, really, it's quarterback and running back are the big question mark because is it going to be Jackson Dart or Caleb Williams? And is it going to be Keontae Ingram, or is USC kind of be going to be starting from scratch with Barlow and Relique Brown and and Brandon Campbell and those guys uh, fighting it out? Maybe USC looks uh, at uh, at other guys uh, in the transfer portal as as plug and play yeah. guys there as well. It's a, this offense um, could still transform quite a bit as the I portal like, works. Like I gotta say that through all the changes, I think this offense is a good starting point. I think the only it's a thing very good starting point. The only thing this offense is missing reliable receivers, but it's not like there's not, no talent here. I wouldn't even say reliable. This offense is missing an all-star receiver. And yes. I think that 
Michael Trigg is potentially an all-star pass catcher for USC. Sure. But USC is missing that all-star wide receiver guy. Um, Is there somebody? I mean, and and this is going to be... Could it be Gary Bryant? Could I I mean and I don't know about that. I think Gary Bryant is a very good receiver. I don't know if he's the all-star Does Relique receiver. Brown if Keontae Ingram comes back, do you just use him out wide in a slot position? I mean, you you can you can mess around with that a, a little bit, I guess. Um maybe we see more out of out of someone like Kyron Ware Hudson or or Michael Jackson emerges, uh, you know, something something happens there. Uh, maybe USC adds a, a a stud freshman. Maybe USC gets some transfers from Oklahoma when if if Caleb Brown comes and people want to follow him. Like I think there are a lot of directions that USC could go with that. But that's where I think the gap is. All star receiver. I agree. I think that if there's one position that I'd I'd be okay with having as a weakness, it'd be wide receiver. Well, I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Weakness compared is a, to everything else. Weakness is a is a word that might not totally like. If you have a position that is devoid of all stars, I think that Gary Bryant Jr., Michael Trigg, and Taj Washington can. I think Lee and Riley can get a lot more out of those guys than yes. we've seen. So I would I would take that as the comparative weak link compared to everything else. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. I, I I feel mostly good about that offensive line based on what the what we saw from last year. I feel very weirdly good about that offensive line. Right. I feel like that's an offensive line I think that you can work with. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the only thing is you just temper your expectations. Don't expect them to be all Americans. But if they are at the same level as they were last year, then this is a perfectly good starting point this, for this offense. Th- that's the point. The, the expectations for this coming year, you don't need an all-American offensive line. You just need a competent one. And yeah. the one that USC had running this year was competent. So yeah. they're mostly coming back. Yeah. Let's talk about the defense. Uh, this one is a little bit tough. Uh, I just I threw some names at here. Um, defensive end, Nick Figueroa and Dejan Benton. Nose guard. I got four guys listed here. Uh, Ismail Shopsher, Brandon Peely. We don't quite know what's going on with him. Stanley Tafoo and Jamar Stacona. Defensive tackle, Tuli Tuipolotu and Earl Burkett. And then here's where it gets funky. Mike Linebacker, Rajon Davis and Tua C.V. Nomura. The Will Linebacker, Raylan Goforth and Julian Simon. The Rush Linebacker, I guess just Corey Foreman. I I I don't know. Like I, this uh, I I don't know. Um, and then you get in the secondary, and Damani Jackson has to start. I think by default here, because uh, you got Jaden Williams, C.A. Wright, Joshua Jackson, Prophet Brown. None of those guys have ri- risen to the top yet because Chris Steele and ITS were there. Uh, Max Williams is coming off of an ACL tear. I don't know where you would slot him at, maybe at the nickelback position. Looking at the BYU depth chart as a just a mode of filling this out, Kalen Bullock was listed as a nickelback. So I have Bullock and Jalen Smith as nickelbacks. Uh, and then the safety spots, you got Chris Thompson, Britton Allen, and maybe Fabian Ross at one of them. And the other one, um, IPM, Xavier Alford, and uh, Zamarian Gordon. I, it's all Ooh, a cluster okay. F, and um, I don't know how to make. I mean, any it was a cluster F of a defense, so. But that there's fits. but there's so much attrition. There's there is so much attrition that I think it's incredibly difficult to just guess and, how anyone fits. And you have to wipe the slate clean a little bit because 100%. I don't think anyone who played 
this past season is guaranteed. I, I think Nick Figueroa, I would plug in. Tulip Tupelotu, I'd plug in and say starters. Corey Foreman really should be expecting to start. And I'm with you that Damani Jackson just makes, uh, I just can't see how he's not on the field as a true freshman. Everybody else, um, there's just big, well, Kalen Bullock. Kalen Bullock is, he's a starter. Uh, yes. Probably at safety. Start him at nickel. I don't care. He's a starter. 100%. Everyone else, throw him in a hat, shuffle him up and, you know, put him, put him out there. They I've, need spring ball. Back. I have no idea. And, and I think that, that if you're looking at it, the transfer portal needs to do some work here. Um, linebacker is fascinating to me because ideally, like if you told me you got Rajon Davis and Julian Simon as your, as your starting linebackers, uh, maybe Raylan go forth in there. I think you can work with it, but is that a sure thing at this point? Do they fit exactly what uh, Grinch wants to do? I'm not, I'm not certain. Uh, would I really, really like to see USC go out and get a, a, a guy with 20 starts under his belt from somewhere um, somewhere as a transfer? Absolutely, I would like that. Nate Landman have any old I mean, ability? it feels like sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, call him up. Yeah, so, but there's... Obviously, that'd be tampering. <laughs> uh, there's, there's some just... It's so, so, so hard to work out the, the pecking order on this defense. And uh, I would not be surprised if it looked completely different than what you've got there. And I don't think this is a bad lineup that you've put together. I think this is as close as you can get of in terms of just trying to make sense of it. But by the time we get to September, it could look it could look like this. It could look extremely different. Yeah. And I think when you look at this defense, you look at the offense, I think this team is going to be ripe to be Big 12 bad next year. Um, in a, in a hopefully, for USC's sake, in a way that is productive. A team that is going to win games 45-30. And I think that you take that in year one, given the uncertainties that you have on defense. Surely, if if Brandon Peely and Sopcher and, and those guys can, can gel in defensive line and and Davis and go forth and Simon take a big step at linebacker and Corey Foreman is the, is the player that you expect. Maybe this is, defense doesn't miss a beat and they all gel together. There's just a lot of ifs there way more ifs than on offense, which when you're you got an offensive coach like Lincoln Riley, probably a good thing that you're at least comfortable. The offense should be able to buy the defense some time. Yes, and the offense is going to have to buy the defense sometime. Um, there will have to be a great deal of patience. And and this is one of the things that I want to preach the whole idea of patience because I think Lincoln Riley can come in and get this offense rolling very, very quickly. But the defense needs a complete overhaul. And I don't know how long it's going to take them to sort of even get to a point where it's not a, an utter disaster. So, yeah, hold on tight. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get to the mailbag and wrap this thing up. You've got mail. All right, everybody. Let's get to the mailbag and start with a call we've had for a while here, haven't been able to play, from Santa Clarita Dave. Michael and Alicia, this is Santa Clarita Dave. Um, I keep hearing in the news about all these running backs and quarterbacks and receivers and blah, 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 all decommitting from OU and coming to USC and other recruiting possibilities, but you know what? I have not heard anything about 
five-star linebackers, five-star offensive linemen, five-star defensive linemen that are coming to USC. You know, we can get all these star players, hero position players. We can get all those that we want, but it ain't going to do crap until we get a good offensive line and some good linebackers. You know, how about how about recruiting three juniors day outs to put in the in the defensive uh, middle of the field? Come on, you know, let's get let's get it done, but let's get it done right. Fight on, fight. Thanks for the call, as always, Dave. Yeah, SC's recruiting ability to get those big offensive guys certainly it is a boost with Lincoln Riley right now. But they've had that ability before. Um, the question certainly is, you know, you win the you win the games in the trenches and all those all those things. Here's what I have to say though: I, I you you can only go after the the big fish that are in the class right now, and the way that the class sets up, those guys are all on offense and are all local right now. There isn't, there aren't, you know, a whole bunch of five star offensive tackles that are playing at Bosco and Modern Day. Instead, there's five-star offensive players that are playing at Los Alamitos, you know, like that's just the way it is. And I've gone back and done some research to see how USC's offensive line recruiting, it compares to Oklahoma's offensive line recruiting and under Bill Biedenboe, which we know did not come. It's, um, but that's what Lincoln Riley was accustomed to. It's almost identical in terms of star average. They just got more out of it than USC. And what USC has done, did over the last decade is almost identical as what they were, did under Pete Carroll too. Pete Carroll just got more out of those offensive linemen. And the defensive linemen, SC just got Corey Foreman, a five-star from last year who was the number one player in the country, in part because he was a local kid. So SC needs to go out and get those big defensive players but it's not easy when they're not always local. And for SC, you got to build the brand locally before you can really go out and dominate a, a national recruiting trail. You know, continuity also would help a lot because USC has had to change offensive and defensive line coaches pretty regularly over the last few years. And I think that's going to hurt you in your long-term recruiting goals. Like, could Josh Henson have, have done some work to recruit somebody like Ernest Green from Bosco, the offensive lineman um, who's number three in California. Could USC have gotten him in, in times past? Maybe, but like Henson's not going to have an opportunity with him now because he just got hired and you can't, you can't always make those relationships in the matter of weeks, in a matter of days, you know? Right. So the longer that you have a, a, a recruiters who stick around and build relationships locally and, start to get a, a handle on on uh, on the guys that are in the West, you will be able to, to stock up a little bit. But like you also said, like, it matters more about what you do with those dudes. Like, you can recruit a Drake Jackson, but if you don't maximize him, you can recruit an, a, an Austin Jackson. But if you're not getting, like, uh, you know, the, the maximum of well, everybody around them. The weird thing is Austin Jackson was a first-round pick. Yeah. So... <laughs> SC did not get enough out of Austin Jackson. For him being a first-round pick. And However, he wasn't a first-round pick, so then on paper, it looks like they did. Yeah, and Drake Jackson's going to be the same way if he goes in the first round. So, like, it's it's not about, you know, USC probably should have recruited the offensive line in general. USC lost some big offensive linemen, um, Penny Sewell. It's and, that one year, what, 2018 or 19, yeah. whatever it was, when they lost Sewell. 
Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan to UCLA. Yeah. yeah. Jonah T. Yeah, Jonah T. All those guys. USC should have done a better job in recruiting. All local. Them. They missed them. Yeah. Uh, but you can't flip that switch overnight. And I think that's what you, you part of what you're going to have to establish with Lincoln Riley is that kind of cachet in the local areas of if you come to USC, we're going to put you in the NFL. And that's what Pete Carroll's teams did. And you and USC was doing fine up front yeah. in those teams. Yeah. yeah. Go back and look at the recruiting rankings of offensive linemen. SC was not getting five-star dudes every single year under under, under Pete Carroll. Well, because five-star linemen don't really pop up they all that regularly in this, in this region. They are rarer than you think. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that people think that were five-star linemen we're weren't. Yeah. yeah. Like like your your Sam Bakers and, yeah. and all those guys. What you Most build, of them were four-star guys. What you build your offensive line around, you might have the one five-star guy that that is your big dude, but what you build that around is really the dudes who rank between 200 and 500, and you develop them. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, last question to get to. Uh, we got a question from Pac uh, NW Steve, Pac Northwest. Steve, what's Brandon Peely's status? Does he have any remaining eligibility? Yes, he does. We just haven't heard anything. Um, he's basically missed the last two seasons due to injury. He's probably got like two years of eligibility when you think that he can. If he could get a medical. He, he can, he's got the COVID year, certainly. And then he can probably get a medical red shirt to get, to get like a seventh year and be like a Britain Kobe kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, we're still sort of waiting. And, and the fact that we haven't heard anything. Does that? I don't know if it's, that even tells us anything. It's weird because he could absolutely be the missing piece of this team. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you think about it, and he's not this, but like, think about the difference that someone like Stanley Tuikolavatu make. Yeah. Steve, sorry, Stevie Tuikolavatu made. <laughs> um, having that older guy with some experience who can come in and just be physically mature and and. Right. Um, you know, I don't know if Brandon is is that guy, but I mean, I mean, it would be great if USC had that presence in the defensive line to be able to to build around. Yeah, at, at the same point, he's, he's missed, also he's missed two straight years with injuries. Yeah, so, so like it, it's it's hard to bank on those things because that's that's difficult. Like Jake Smith, another guy we talk about. Um, he was a transfer last year from Texas that receiver. We haven't talked about him. Yeah. I don't know what's up the the deal with him. Is is he even on the roster anymore? I yeah, I have no idea. I, I mean, I he know. was he was injured, I think, and spring ball is going to be very enlightening. Hopefully, uh, yes. and it might not even be because we don't know how much access there will be for spring ball. But hopefully, yeah. it's enlightening as far as who is what. Hundred percent. At least we'll be enlightening for the coaches. So yeah, uh, that are up with this pot up. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back next week to talk about more USC football. And potentially more about Caleb Williams if he decides what's he going to do. Yeah. Keep an eye out. All right. Until next time, you got a final word, Alicia? The final word is madness, as in the, the, the wheels keep on turning on all of this transfer portal, coaching carousel, everything madness. Nothing like it. College football. That's right. All right. We'll see you. See you. See you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. 
engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.